0: Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne.
1: And I'm Alice White.
0: And Alice, guess what? What? Well, uh, I don't know how to explain this. All right, so we we, we have, we are back. <laughs> We're back, yay. We are back for another great episode of Those Happy Places. So there is joy in that. Absolutely. Um, but we are also back to do this episode of Those Happy Places for for a second time.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right, buddy. Um, we <laughs> recorded this episode about a week ago. Unfortunately, all of the audio was lost into the Internet and uh, could not be recovered again. So we are back to record it again. Um, and we're back to do it again because this is an episode that is very special to us. This is a, a topic that we care a lot about, that we love talking about, and that we've actually talked about multiple times on multiple other episodes.
0: Yeah, it actually is funny that it has taken us this long to do an episode about this topic uh, because it feels so foundational to how we understand theme parks and what makes theme parks powerful and important. Uh, It is... You know, something that we have mentioned literally since episode one of Those Happy Places.
1: That's right. And it's going to be really fun to talk about and a really good episode. And I'm glad that we're finally getting to it and that we're actually really, for realsies, (laughs) recording this time. (laughs) This
0: time we cannot fail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This time we cannot fail. Um, And so we shall keep going and we will power through and we will not stop, much like our very favorite ride system, the Omnimover.
0: Yes, Alice, you have said <laughs> it. We are here today to talk about the Omnimover. And the title of the episode is In Praise of the Omnimover. mover uh, right. The Omnimover being a ride system that is uh, hugely important to you, to me, to uh, fans of the Disneyland Resort, uh, as it is... Um, you know, the ride system that is most well-known for its use on the Haunted Mansion, um, and uh, a ride system that we have made a bit out of uh, praising in general. After all, uh, praise the Omnimover.
1: Praise the Omnimover. We uh, we have a lot to say about the Omnimover, and we have a lot of praise to give the Omnimover, and we got a lot of topics to cover, so uh, let's get started.
0: Okay, so Alice, before we dive too deep into this episode, we should, for the uninitiated, uh, we should talk about what the Omnimover is. What is the Omnimover?
1: (laughs) Well, let's see. The Omnimover is an amusement ride system specifically for use for Disney theme park attractions. Um, Disney has the patent for it. It's proprietary, uh, was developed by Disney and Wed Enterprises. Um, uh, the Omnimover was patented in April of 1968 for the ride Adventure Through Inner Space at Disneyland. Um, it is a descendant of the PeopleMover ride. Um, and is specifically designed to move a lot of people from one place to another without stopping. So it is, in essence, a conveyor belt system for moving passengers, for moving guests through rides.
0: Yeah, and Adventure Through Inner Space was eventually replaced by Star Tours, and now Star Tours The Adventures continue. Uh, But the Omnimover was a big hit and made its way into several other attractions at various Disney parks and resorts. But Alice, actually, something that was kind of funny about uh, what we discovered in our research for this episode is that for as much as we talk about the Omnimover and for as significant of a ride system it is for us and our study of theme parks, rides, and attractions, it's not actually that common of a ride system.
1: You're absolutely correct. There are only a handful of tra- of attractions that use the Omnimover system as we know it. Um, they and they tend to come in series. So, for example, the Haunted Mansion series, um, the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris all use the Omnimover system. Same with the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster series at Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disney, Disneyland Paris, and Shanghai Disneyland all use. The OmniMover system. And there's really only a couple other rides um, that use it. Um, The Little Mermaid ride at California Adventure and Magic Kingdom, as well as individual rides at Epcot and Hong Kong Disneyland Actually
0: the the one at Hong Kong Disneyland Ant-Man and the Wasp's colon, Nano battle, exclamation point uh, <laughs> is just a reskinned Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters series ride.
1: You're absolutely so correct. <laughs> it is
0: not exactly its own individual omnimover system, though it, no. it it is the only Ant-Man attraction currently open at a Disney park.
1: That's right. And then the other two rides at Epcot are Spaceship Earth and The Seas with Nemo and Friends, which is also recycled from a previous attraction. Although um, I'm not sure what it was. I'm not very familiar with Epcot.
0: I believe um, the Seas with Nemo and Friends was the Living Seas, which was essentially the same ride sans Nemo and his friends.
1: Got it. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I've, I've never been. Um, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, so we just named all of the current attractions using the Omnimover system, the patented Omnimover system. Now, it is important to mention that there are other rides and attractions throughout not just the Disney parks but throughout um, theme parks in general that use uh, a very similar system to an omnimover that are um, referred to as uh, endless transit systems. So it's the non patented version of an omnimover um, that is used throughout. Let's, there are several in Europe, um, a handful at um universal studios parks um madame tussauds in london has one there's you know they're, they're every they're, they are everywhere using a conveyor belt as a ride system is not a um is not something that disney does uniquely um but the omni mover itself as we know it used in disney parks is patented and specific and i think uh buddy i think you have the patent in front of you don't you
0: Uh, yeah, uh, in our research for this episode, I was able to dig up the actual text of the actual patent from the actual United States Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, it is patent number 3,554,130, uh, and Alice, if, if you will allow me, I would like to read from this, uh, holy scripture uh as it were this uh thing that brought the omnimover into existence i would love that a reading from Brogy et al amusement ride system abstract an amusement ride system for conveying passengers past a display and including a support track having inclining and declining portions A plurality of seats are supported on trucks that are conveyed along the track, and such seats swivel to face the display as the trucks pass thereby, and tilt relative to the inclining and declining portions of the track, to maintain the passengers seated erect. Contoured first and second orienting rails extend longitudinally, of the support track and guide first and second followers which control the swiveling and tilting respectively of the seat. An amusement ride system may also include a safety bar for retaining passengers in the seat and actuated by a trip which strikes an actuating rail in the unloading area. That is the (laughs) full text of the abstract of the patent. The patent is a a long legal document that has, um, you know, quite a lot of, like, uh, history behind it that kind of talks about why they came up with this idea and why it's patentable and what's unique about it. Um, But the abstract actually covers a lot of that stuff. Uh, And these are things that we see in Omnimover-type attractions that we don't necessarily see in endless transit systems, or even in Omnimover-like attractions at the Disney parks. Uh, things like the tilt and swiveling of the Omnimover cars. Uh, something that was not possible in previous systems. And that is kind of unique to what we consider an actual, honest-to-goodness, patented Omnimover.
1: Right, the tilting and turning of the passenger vehicle on the Omnimover, uh, which is a unique Disney, it was part of the unique Disney patent is really important for rides such as the Haunted Mansion, where as you are taken on your little conveyor belt through the Haunted Mansion, the Omnimover is able to turn the car to face you in specific directions to tell you certain parts of the story. So when you pass the uh, endless hallway, you get turned towards it and you can, instead of you know having to tilt your head to the side to see down the hallway it turns your car to face the hallway and you can see how far it goes you are forced to face center when you're in Madame Leota's room and even um, when you are thrown backwards out of the top window as we've discussed before when you're thrown out of the window of the attic and end up down in the um, in the graveyard in the garden um, you are thrown backwards and the the whole vehicle as it goes down the hill tilts backwards so you're almost laying down as you go down the hill and so that tilt and turn um as part of the Omnimover system as part of the the patented Omnimover it's not just a conveyor belt it is specifically designed to give you a specific view of what the designers want you to see.
0: Yeah, uh, and the Haunted Mansion even has an example of this actuated safety bar, uh, <laughs> which is built into the story, right? right. Uh, don't pull down on the safety bar, the ghost host lowers it for you. Actually, what is lowering the safety bar and what is causing it to ride again, rise again at the end uh, is this actuated trip rail uh, that allows the car to know when the bar needs to be lowered or raised i think that's really cool like as far as functions of the omni mover go uh the haunted mansion does every single one of them and it doesn't even do everything as described here on the abstract just to do it it does each of the things in a way that is like very thoughtfully deployed It really feels like the Omnimover and the Haunted Mansion are made for each other in a lot of ways. And that the Omnimover finally, like, finds its identity in this attraction. Um, Alice, you already mentioned the way that the Omnimover faces you towards certain scenes and vignettes. That is right here in the abstract as well, right? It's a ride system for conveying passengers past a display... It is about various displays and scenes more than it is about the actual movement itself. But the movement that it does have is also very good and very thoughtful and meaningful, especially in the Haunted Mansion.
1: Right. In in the Haunted Mansion, the movement... Um... Gives the impression to the writer that you are being like glided or guided through the mansion on like a tour. You have your little doom buggy, it's all part of the experience. Whereas um, an example of the omni-mover being used in the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, you're still moving from scene to scene to scene. That's definitely still the case. Um, but you don't have like a little roof over your head. You have full access to look all the way around you. You can even rotate your own car. That's what's unique about um, uh, Astro Blasters. It's uh, is the only one where you can rotate the car the way you want it to face. Um, and so the movement of being... Like, sh- like shuffled from room to room on, through the power of the conveyor belt is still there. Um, but in one ride, you've got a little buggy with a little roof over it that's directing your attention to one thing specifically, whereas in another, without the roof overhead and your full access to control, it's a different ride and a different experience, but using the same technology.
0: Yeah. And that diversity of experiences and of, of ways to give the audience access or a lack of access to how they want to orient themselves in the space is actually a huge strength of the ride system, I would say. Oh, definitely. Um, being able to either craft a very thoroughly considered uh, kind of perspective versus allowing that freedom of movement for a shooting gallery type game, which is what the Astro Blaster series is all about. Um, That's very cool. Uh, But then again, I feel like because maybe I am a little old school, I think that the Haunted Mansion is making better use of the Omnimover's intentions, which is all about that moving of audiences through scenes. And that is part of what makes the Haunted Mansion special is the the being moved through the scenes and being directed to look at certain parts of it allows that ride to be so much more, I don't know like memorable in what it is you see I mean, the Haunted Mansion in many ways is a ride about perspective all of the illusions and tricks that it uses to be the Haunted Mansion kind of rely on you looking at them from certain angles Uh, like the Pepper's Ghost illusions in the ballroom or in uh, uh, in in the final scene where a ghost follows you home, right?
1: Right. We've talked a lot about how like the motion of the Omnimover uh, is really important for storytelling uh, with these specific rides. But uh, what are some other strengths about the Omnimover? What do you think is some of its like um, like like another example, I'd say would be um, the fact that it never stops moving is like a really cool strength. Um, What do you what do you think?
0: I mean, yeah, uh, the the fact that an Omnimover system never stops moving even for loading and unloading is a really unique part of what makes that system stand out, right? Like, it is able to provide a continuous sense of motion. That's really cool. That kinetic energy is really, really powerful and has been deployed to great effect. That constant movement and momentum also means that Omnimover-style systems feel like they are very high capacity. Um, And that high capacity feeling is good. It feels good that the ride is always loading and unloading and that you're always moving towards the ride when you're queuing up for it.
1: According to Len Testa at touringplans.com, who's pretty much an expert on ride capacities... um, the Haunted Mansion is actually the third highest capacity ride at Disneyland, the fifth highest capacity experience at Disneyland. Wait, what um, do you mean
0: by fifth highest capacity experience? What are we oh, talking about? Here?
1: Great question. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> now, our number one and two highest capacity experiences at Disneyland are actually not rides. They are nighttime spectaculars in outdoor theaters. Specifically, we're talking about Fantasmic and World of Color. Now, and we talked about nighttime spectaculars and shows in our last episode. Um, so you can go back an episode and listen to that if you want to uh, hear us talk and gush about how much we love Fantasia and World of <laughs> Color. But a big part of why those experiences are special and important to theme parks is because of how much capacity you can entertain 4,000, 5,000 people at a time with these outdoor um with these outdoor theaters and venues.
0: Yeah. Um, And one imagines that it is not necessarily, uh, equivalent in terms of hourly capacity because these shows happen once a night for that many people.
1: Sure. And don't necessarily last a whole hour, a half an hour, pretty much at most, but you can still entertain thousands of people at a time in, in, in these experiences. And so they, they count for highest capacity, um, highest capacity per hour um but as far as rides go haunted mansion is number three and the number one and number two spot are taken by rides um that have a completely different ride system than the omnimover uh in fact they're not on a not on a real track they are on water <laughs> coming in at number two with uh about thirty three hundred people per hour is it's a small world And in first place, with about 3,500 people per hour, is Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: I'm sorry, how many?
1: About 3,500 people per hour.
0: Per hour? Mm Mm-hmm. And that is compared to Haunted Mansion's paltry, what
1: was that number again? (laughs) 2,600.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: About 900 more people per hour can ride Pirates of the Caribbean than the Haunted Mansion. Given that everything is working properly, appropriately, that there are, you know, few to no stops or closures. This is uh, the, you know, the ideal capacity for these Disneyland rides. Yeah, um, A small world coming in just a little bit under Pirates of the Caribbean, um, probably about 200 fewer people per hour. Um, uh, Len estimates that this is the case because small world attracts um a higher number of very small children who may need a little bit more time to settle in. But despite the fact that the smaller children ride, it's a small world and the bigger children ride parts of the Caribbean. Um, they still, you know, they're very, very close in the one and two spot um, and can accommodate just literally thousands of people per hour um, at, at because they're moving at a at a constant speed, kind of like the OmniMover. But I was wondering, really, what is what is the difference here? Why does Pirates of the Caribbean have such a higher ride capacity per hour than something like the Haunted Mansion?
0: That's interesting, right? Because like conventional wisdom tells us, or at least you and I, it tells you and me uh, that OmniMover good because OmniMover high capacity. It's a mm-hmm. conveyor belt that eats people and puts <laughs> them on these experiences and points them at these meticulously crafted scenes and vignettes, right? Right. And the longer an Omnimover system gets, the more cars are on it. So presumably, the uh, the the capacity actually rises the longer that an Omnimover system gets. And that means that on a 13, 14-minute ride like the Haunted Mansion, you should be hitting these incredible capacity numbers. And to be fair, 2600 is not paltry. It not is at all. is third highest capacity in the Disneyland Resort. We will get to a little more of the list soon. And so, yeah, Omnimover is good and uh high capacity, but it doesn't hold a candle to the very simple technology that is boats. <laughs> I, and... And it's wild because it's a small world and Pirates of the Caribbean, in terms of ride system, I mean, the boats are practically carbon copies of one another, right? Right. So they're running on basically the same guided boat system, Pirates of the Caribbean, being slightly different for its drop elements. Um, But why is it so much higher? Why is it fully 30 40% more people per hour? And for me, it comes down to the fact that Time is an ever-flowing river, <laughs> and we can join that river's flow to save time. <laughs> uh, welcome to Jurassic Park. Buddy, no,
1: <laughs> buddy, that's the wrong—that's the wrong boat ride.
0: <laughs> it's even the wrong theme park. Uh, but seriously, it is about how big these boats are and how they are able to move at variable speeds uh through if we're honest alice similarly meticulous scenes and vignettes i mean we are always comparing pirates of the caribbean to the haunted mansion and the main difference in terms of the quality of what they show their audiences is dimensionality pirates of the caribbean has the boat tracks going through the scenes and vignettes so that they're more kind of three-dimensional. The boat facilitates that because you can turn your head and look around the entire scene as you move through it. Hmm. However, the Haunted Mansion has the strength of being able to craft a more kind of two-dimensional, picturesque diorama with more intricate uh, illusions and with uh, just a depth in a different direction a depth away from the car instead of around the car and so that depth of, of movement I think is also part of what adds to the capacity instead of showing people a two dimensional image that they move past you're moving people through this big open three dimensional environment and that allows you to be more creative with movement because at the end of the day especially Pirates of the Caribbean, is a water conveyor belt that eats people. (laughs) And that conveyor belt is four people wide instead of two or three.
1: That's right. Yeah, the Pirates of the Caribbean and Small World boats are, you can fit about four people in a row, uh, maybe a fifth person if if you've got a lap child or, you know, a, a couple of small humans. Um, and there's five rows to each one. You can fit twenty to <laughs> twenty-four people on each boat,
0: and that's a lot. That that's a cannot lot be of discounted.
1: In, in fact, it kind
0: of feels like the capacity of a ride like the Haunted Mansion, being on an Omni system, has a very fixed limit. Uh, it is as many people as cars can move through. Uh, by comparison, Pirates of the Caribbean, you could throw another boat on there. You could theoretically raise its capacity because Alice, you and I both know that *The Pirates of the Caribbean* has a backup problem. It uh, does. <laughs> it
1: it'll really back does. up
0: all the way through the burning city, right?
1: Yeah, you can get like a yeah, like twelve or fifteen boats all backed up against each other, playing bumper boats through the last <laughs> scene of the <laughs> as they all fight to get up the hill one at a time.
0: Now imagine, if you will, that. Uh, the cast members really wanted to push it to its logical conclusion, and so they let it back up all the way to the caverns. (laughs) (laughs) You could have easily a thousand more people on Pirates of the Caribbean at any given time.
1: (laughs) And the ride is now 35 minutes long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious though, there is something to be said for the fact that the capacity is a little expandable. Even though the rate is similar, it's as many boats as you can board, right? Uh, And and D-Board. There is a certain amount of flexibility there. And the other kind of flexibility that Pirates of the Caribbean has that, say, Haunted Mansion doesn't is actually down to the fact that Pirates of the Caribbean gets to stop. And I think that's interesting that it's kind of a, a privilege that Haunted Mansion sometimes wishes it could have simply for accessibility reasons.
1: That's right. Right for accessibility reasons, when it's time for an omnimover to to stop to be accessible to people, the whole ride has to come to a stop, and and that interrupts the the flow and maybe also interrupts the capacity of of the ride itself. Pirates of the Caribbean stops for everybody to get on and off, and so accommodating a maybe a non ambulatory passenger onto Pirates. It only increases the stoppage time by a little bit, whereas the haunted mansion stops the whole ride for everybody. And it even stops the 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 conveyor belts, the uh, moving walkways at the beginning and the end of the ride um, that lead you in and out. Um, it it slows the whole capacity down entirely. It becomes less accessible in that case.
0: Yeah, and for as much as we praise the Omnimover for how cool it is that we have this conveyor belt for people to be moved through these delicately and intricately arranged scenes, the fact that it has to keep moving to achieve that sort of quote-unquote ideal capacity shuts a lot of people out of some of the best experiences they could have on such a system, simply because perhaps they feel that they are responsible in some way which is definitely not the case for a break in immersion in fact the haunted mansion is a great example of when you need certain accommodations the story and immersion of the ride cannot accommodate them all the time uh alice you had a personal story about this right
1: right i went to disneyland once with a very good friend Um, who uses a wheelchair and we, um, when it was time to go on the Haunted Mansion, we actually had a really unique experience. Um, we kind of, you kind of jump the beginning of the line, you don't go through the mausoleum, you go straight up to the, um, to the front door of the house. We went down the elevator um, the str- the, the, is this room actually stretching? We go down the elevator. That's an um, elevator.
0: <laughs> it's not a haunted stretching room. I'm
1: sorry. We go into the haunted stretching room with everybody else, <laughs> and then we are uh, escorted down the side by the by the windows. Um, escorted to the front of the line to the um, to the omnimover itself. They stop the omnimover, let us on, um, and then we rode the omnimover all the way around all the way around. Uh, We did not get off at the exit. We rode it through the dark room at the very end, um, turned all the way around and then got off the Omnimover back at the entrance to the ride. And then we went back down that little hallway and up the stretching room. I'm sorry,
0: that's an elevator?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We went up the elevator stretching room. We watched the room actually unstretch.
0: Is this haunted room actually unstretching?
1: (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> and that experience was something that I never would have seen otherwise. And it was fascinating to see kind of like a like the like the backside of water almost. It was like this is the the other side of operations. This is how They've managed to make accommodations. It's an old ride that didn't necessarily want to make accommodations in the first place when it was built, and you see that throughout Disneyland in general when they have added extra lines an extra part of the line for accessibility reasons, like Indiana Jones, where you have to take an elevator up and over to to the other side of boarding um, and and leave the wheelchair at the you know at the um, at the boarding area. Um, it's, it's interesting to watch how Disneyland has changed their accommodations over the years. Um, cause so much of their like line waiting, like when you wait in line at Indiana Jones, it like loops on itself so many times that wheelchairs like can't fit through the stanchions yeah. in some of those turns. So you have to have like a different line or bring people up the exit. Same with Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and They've changed so much of the park for uh, accommodation reasons and accessibility reasons and have changed the experience for people, though, in in that way. Um, and we had a unique experience and saw something that not everybody gets to see, the stretching room unstretching. Um, but it also changes the immersion, not just for the people who are on the Haunted Mansion when it stops to let us on, on, on and off, but for my friend who then... Is you know has to get in and out of her wheelchair, has to you know have special these special accommodations made for her, has to ask, gets kind of dirty looks sent her way when we jump to the quote unquote jump to the front of the line, which we're not really. It's
0: never the case. It's never. The it is case. never actually skipping the line,
1: and but people think that we are, and it's a you know it's a it's a whole thing. People get irritated with, um, and it's it really is a a problem with logistics that we can't solve or change on one episode of a podcast. Right. Um, But it is something that needs to be, uh, like, treated with more consideration in the future by, like, theme park professionals and, uh, and designers and stuff in the future. Because obviously they weren't, you know, they weren't as accessible or thinking about accessibility when they built these rides in the 60s and 70s. It's just not... It wasn't on their mind. Right. And that is... It's awful. It's an awful thing. Um, but they've, they've, they are working on it. They're doing a pretty good job um, trying to keep the experience as positive as possible for people.
0: Yeah. And, and look, Alice, you just said that it was a pretty unique experience. It was something that was cool to see. There, there are things about what you went through with your friend that you could be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. But imagine that for every ride. Mm-hmm. And, and, when we say, oh, the Omnimover is really good, I would say that the Omnimover is probably one of the worst systems for accessibility. Right. And it simply cannot be fixed here now on this podcast, though. I was thinking there's got to be a way to have like a way to break into the conveyor belt.
1: Right. Like you You can
0: press like a switch and then like Two ones that you preload for people who need a little bit more time to get on, like break into the line.
1: How hard would that be? They do it for Space Mountain all the time. Right. Um, They do it for roller coasters where they'll have the roller coaster train pulled off to the side while they help non-ambulatory passengers in and out. Yeah, They'll... Pull the whole space mountain car off to the side, help people load, and then when it's their turn, they just slide that bad boy right, right on in. They have a <laughs> movable piece of track.
0: Yeah, I don't I see why like, this
1: can't be done for an omnimover.
0: Yeah, the omnimover could could absolutely be adapted with our modern understanding of technology. We could solve this problem lickety split, uh, and it would make for a better, more ex, more immersive, more efficient. Uh, And overall, just more respectful experience for all sorts of guests. Uh, So that's just throwing that one out there. Imagineering if you if you want any tips on how to improve a decades old classic (laughs) ride system. uh, That one's that one's free from those happy places. Uh, It's only free because it's about accessibility. And we just want you to try that one. Yeah. Uh, Any other ideas you want from us? It's not free. TM, TM, TM. Yeah.
1: TM, TM. Any other ideas Uh, (laughs) you want from us? Just call us. Just call us. We got a lot of
0: them. Uh, And Alice, actually, that makes me think of other ride systems and the sort of advantages they have over the Omnimover. Because as much as we do praise the Omnimover and as much as it's very cool for all of its tilting and swiveling. And as much as it is neat that a a lap bar can be raised and lowered automatically by hitting a trip switch. uh, It doesn't do a lot of movement at all like a lot of different kinds of movement
1: that's very true it kind (laughs) of has a uh, a a very limited joint that the thing can move on (laughs) um in very specific directions and very little else that it can do uh yeah
0: i mean look the omni movers bag of tricks is pretty diverse for what it is a conveyor belt that eats people (laughs) Uh, And we see it deployed really, really effectively on, for example, the Haunted Mansion. The tilting is very atmospheric and good. We've already gone into how it helps tell the story. However, it will never be able to have what Pirates of the Caribbean has, both in terms of accessibility and capacity and cool drops
1: (laughs) into water. Very, very cool drops.
0: you You can't have an Omnimover that does a cool drop into water.
1: No, you can't have an omnimover that does um, like fast motion. Period. Right? Like, not really. It's pretty much designed to be a very slow walking pace thing.
0: I can imagine an omnimover system where uh, maybe it like slows down to load and then moves more extreme out of the loading area, but then it kind of stops being an omnimover. Yeah. It becomes something else entirely. In fact, I feel like that sort of thing might already exist.
1: I think that maybe that there is a better version of an endless transit system that accommodates for better, more exciting movement, but also has the cool thing where it never stops moving and allows for super high capacity rides. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that they've implemented that into one of my favorite rides of all time, not in a Disneyland ride, but rather at Universal Studios. I am talking, of course, about Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey.
0: Now, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey has a loading area that never stops. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is on a sort of moving walkway conveyor belt thing uh riders are strapped into a bookcase did we ever decide what that ride vehicle was
1: It's either it's a bookcase. bookcase or quidditch stands
0: Quidditch stands that have been uh enchanted to move through a castle
1: Yeah something uh, like
0: that And then as the ride begins suddenly those bookcases or quidditch stands uh achieve flight uh, and start doing all sorts of cool flips and semi-flips and whirly gigs and uh, <laughs> all sorts of very fast, uh, extreme movement, all while being kind of lifted aloft on these arms, right?
1: Right. If you have a chance, listener, to go and find a um, an illustration of how the uh, Harry Potter and Forbidden Journey ride system works... How they're able to move the each car is on its own little robot arm and how it's moved from place to place and then put in front of a rotating screen that rotates with the ride system. And like the genius of the of that whole ride um, is both in its capacity and the way that it can move a ton of people um, at a time without ever stopping, but also how you can, how it combines practical effects with a screen and how it is both low key and thrilling at the same time. It's really a, like a perfect combination of so many different kinds of ride experiences. It flips almost entirely upside down at one point. But for the most part, you're just kind of bopping around, floating through the air, at watching your favorite Harry Potter characters fly on brooms and stuff. But it feels exciting and it feels cool. It is, and, it, and it is cool. Yeah, there's there's spiders and there's a dragon and, you know, it's 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 a great ride.
0: It's it's taking a lot of cues from what makes the Omnimover a unique system. I mean, the arms are on these independent trucks that allow them to move throughout the ride system. Uh, much like described in the patent of the Omnimover. Um, But because the arms add this additional range of motion, and because the trucks are just these very cool things that can kind of zip around corners and stuff like that, instead of a conveyor belt, uh, what we get here is something that combines some of that high-capacity feeling with a much more thrilling uh, motion profile, let's call it. Um, And that's cool. That is neat. Uh, Alice, there are a couple of other kinds of attraction that do that whole like slow down to load but never quite stop to load. Uh, I'm thinking about one of your favorites, actually, which is Grizzly River Run.
1: Yes, I love the Grizzly River Run. At the rapids are actually most rapid rides in general, whether it's um, is it collie in um, in Animal Kingdom.
0: Yeah, collie river rapids.
1: Whatever, whatever they're called whatever they are. The rapid rides are so fun to me and I think they are such a blast. I love a water I love a boat. I love a water ride and I think the rapids are really cool. You can get like eight people on a on a on a boat at the same time. It never stops moving. You you know have to walk on the on the little round loading platform and hustle over there to get on. It feels like a um, like an adventure experience. Every every one of those rapid rides feels like you're about to embark on like a great big adventure. You buckle in and then you, who knows if you're going to get wet or not. The unpredictability <laughs> is awesome. Um, the drops are always fun, and I I, I don't mind you know, having a wet shirt for the, you know, for for the next hour or so while I'm walking around the park. I think that's nice, especially on a nice warm day. Yeah. And, and, but that like never stop moving of a conveyor belt like experience really helps with the heightening of the sense of adventure and sense of excitement of a, of a ride you're about to go on. And of course not all rides need that. You're not trying to up the stakes of adventure when you're going on. It's a small world, right? But so like uh, small world doesn't need to have the All right, everybody get on. Go, go, go. Kind of like attitude (laughs) that they have for a Rapids or like Jurassic Park or something. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: But when you say that, come on, everybody get on. Go, go, go. That reminds me of another non-Disney ride at Universal Studios Hollywood Transformers? Yes. Featuring Evac, the living man car, that you (laughs) get into as the nest base, which you've been touring, falls under attack from the Decepticons. Of course. Uh, the, the cast members or team members they are at Universal Studios um, try to make the boarding process for that ride really, really fast-paced and exciting.
1: Yeah. They're saying, go, go, go. We got to get out of here. Evacuate everybody. Buckle your safety belts. Put on your safety goggles. We got to get out of here. <laughs> right. And, and then you put on your little 3D goggles and I whipped through a magical adventure with your Transformers friends. I, I re- That is a good ride. That ride is fun, but that kind of, yeah, that kind of sense of adventure. And that ride does come to a full and complete stop before you get on (laughs) and, uh, and then stops again so they can triple check your safety belt, safety belts. But, um, that's just, that's just safety. That's just important. It's a, it's a fast ride that takes those corners really quick. It actually just reminded me about another ride with a very similar get on, get on, go, go, go attitude, which is Rise of the Resistance
0: you're right rise of the resistance is all about setting you up for this big fast-paced escape and it grinds to a halt when you board the ride vehicle so that you can complete that full safety check and right. like, i i agree with you yes that's just safety it's necessary we need to do this stuff right it keeps everybody safe on the other hand what a pace breaker
1: Right. Oh, go, go, go. We got to escape the first order. Make sure that you attach the buckle from the right side. Put it into the to the buckle on the left. Pull the yellow strap so that we know we're going to shine a flashlight. Make sure that the yellow strap that you're pulling on it and that it's good. Keep your hands, arms, feet and legs inside at all times. All right, here we go. Let's escape. Um, And it's only
0: after (laughs) completing that extremely long process that that the adventure can begin. And look, there's only so much that any ride designer can do about that, but the Omnimover does have that advantage of continuing to move, of increasing the urgency and not giving you a chance... To think about that stuff as part of the boarding process. Uh, come to think of it, though, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't have any safety belts, and no, it does not. Of, that's <laughs> probably part of why the capacity is so high.
1: Yeah, they don't have to check everybody's belts, probably because those drops aren't necessarily very steep. But sometimes I wonder if it wouldn't be better if there was a you know a safety belt of some kind.
0: Right, something uh, because it it has sometimes felt like. Perhaps one should belt up (laughs) while in the scary drop ride in the dark.
1: Right. Definitely hold on to your children.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? Okay. So we have talked about high capacity rides at the Disneyland Resort, but something real. This is kind of just a side note. Actually, this has nothing to do with the Omnimover, but it does have something (laughs) to do with capacity. So maybe it's worth talking about. Something that surprised me were the rides in the four and five spot on that list.
1: Oh, yes. So yeah, I have the right here, the top five and then plus our two um, experiences, our two nighttime spectaculars um, for ride capacities, according to Lentesta. And um, right, the the four and five spot here on this list are the uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and the Incredicoaster. Very similar rides in that they are traditional, like, like. Single row, you know, roller coasters. Um, you got you know, two people to a seat, <laughs> um, 25 ish cars heading back. You can, yeah, so you can fit like 50 people on each car and you're loading two cars kind of at a time, yeah, or two, uh, um, two, two coaster, trains, two trains at a time. Yeah. That's what I meant, of two course, coaster trains you know at what I mean, yeah,
0: and tr- literal trains and big thunder and coaster trains at the Incredicoaster. Coaster, sure. Uh, it's interesting that they make the list, but now that I think about it, these are two high-capacity rides that are highly popular because they're thrilling, uh-huh. uh, with great, uh, versatile movement profiles, uh, and Credit Coaster being the only looping attraction at the Disneyland Resort, if you don't count that one time that I got the Mickey's Fun Wheel cars to flip upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try that one. Sure, no. Don't try that at home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But seriously, uh, you know, high capacity, fun, thrilling movement profiles. And they figured out early in the game that loading two trains at once was the only way to do that. And as a result, they have remarkably consistent wait times. Uh, Right. Despite both of them being lightning lane attractions and all of the struggles that come with that. Uh they they stay around 30 to 45 minutes even on pretty busy days.
1: Right. Uh the last time I was at Disneyland, uh it was a pretty crowded day and we uh, the posted wait time for Big Thunder was an hour and we did it in 45 flat.
0: That's incredible.
1: And, and it's always like
0: that. That's incredible coaster because Ayo. it always says 45 and you're always getting on in 30.
1: Exactly. I don't know how they do it. Well, I, no, I, I guess now we do. Now that we've done the research yeah. for this episode and talked about it for a while, Long we do understand now that some of the- boarding imp- simultaneously. <laughs> if you can get a high capacity um, train or boat or something like that, where you can load a ton of people on at once and do a very quick safety check, then you're good. Then that's You're golden. That's the game. That's how you get. So like, Big Thunder has um, about twenty two hundred people per hour, and Credit Coaster sitting just a little bit lower at twenty one fifty.
0: I mean, that's those are great numbers, and for all of the bragging that we do about the Haunted Mansion and how we stand a high capacity legend, uh, I feel like some of what an Omni Mover loses in uh, movement capacity in the diversity of ways that it can tell a story, in accessibility, those things are not worth the trade-off in capacity, really. Right. Uh, because we see these other more thrilling, more accessible, just as detailed and richly uh, appointed uh, in terms of atmosphere attractions uh, just outperforming it in so many ways.
1: Absolutely. Um, And, of course, we understand that, um, like, the capacity and performances and and stuff like that isn't necessarily what, um, like, the only metric for a good ride. We're not going to say that, like, a roller coaster train is the only good ride or a boat is the only good kind of ride. (laughs) Actually,
0: Alice... (laughs) You know what? The Haunted Mansion is only good if it has a loop-de-loop. <laughs> oh, since shoot, it does you're not. You're right. Then it's it a, bad a bad It is a bad attraction.
1: All... It's just true. <sighs> you're right. All of the episodes <laughs> that we've done about the Haunted Mansion now are now- uh, Throw are, them out. <laughs> throw them out because now we've realized that it's a bad ride. No. <laughs> no, but of course, like, you need a variety of rides for interest and for different- um, you know, age levels and different thrill, you know, capacity, you know, how, how, how thrilling a ride can be before someone doesn't want to ride it anymore, you know, for little kids and big kids and grownups. And it's, it it's important to have that variety. And so these are all really good examples of different kinds of ride systems and where the pros and cons are for each. I want to talk about, I want to just mention one more ride before we, we close. And it's oh, not, yeah. an, it's not an Omni mover and it's not a roller coaster, but it is the last ride on this list at Disneyland um, or in Disneyland or California adventure. But it it's the last ride on the list. The number six spot that has, that can um, take over 2000 people per hour Um, Every ride under this is under 2,000 people per hour, and it's Indiana Jones. I mean,
0: it's the same (laughs) basic principle as Big Thunder Mountain and Incredicoaster. You're
1: loading two cars at the same time, sometimes like four cars at the same time, because you can load two and safety check two at the same time.
0: And despite the fact that the safety check is a longer process on Indiana Jones specifically, what it loses in the length of the train that, uh, you know, and Credit Coaster and Big Thunder have, it gains in having uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style width of the of the ride vehicle. Right. It you can know, you're hold, sitting five deep.
1: You can hold um, 12 people on each Jeep. Uh, at, for Indiana Jones, it is three rows of four.
0: Oh, so you're sitting four deep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 point still stands is yes. that a high capacity vehicle can make up for um, a you know having to stop and do safety checks and stuff like that. And a and I, but I think what all of these rides um, share um, maybe the most is um, uh, the length of the ride itself. These are all none of these are short particularly short rides. Um I mean Big Thunder and Incredicoaster aren't necessarily like long, but Incredicoaster's actually got like a decent length roller coaster. There are multiple stages to this roller coaster. Um before and after the loop and different hills that you climb and and stuff like that. It's it's a, a remarkably diverse roller coaster. Um and so you know, even though they have to stop and do safety checks, you can fit a ton of people and then you're on the ride for a while, which gives them time to load the next few cars
0: Yeah, I think Big that's Thunder the especially secret. As, as far as like roller coasters go, has, has such a brilliant amount of time to slow down and build tension at several stops, um, yeah. not full stops, but you know what I mean, uh, Lift Hills being that moment to breathe Uh, really extends the ride time and makes uh, what could otherwise be a pretty uh, short experience if it were like one lift hill and a few drops along the way um, into something that's uh, something of a marathon for roller coasters, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so, so you're right, actually, like length of track isn't just a function of capacity for Omnimovers. Uh, It maybe feels more direct on an Omnimover, right? Because more cars equals more people sitting on the ride. uh, And more cars can only be added by having a longer length of... uh, Of attraction, I mean, just look at where uh, Ariel's Undersea Adventure sits on this capacity list.
1: It's under Indiana Jones. It can't even handle two thousand people per. It's number seven.
0: Exactly. And why is it so much less than the Haunted Mansion? Because it moves slower. Uh, You know that that is debatable. I haven't actually measured the speed at which the Omni Mover track is moving, but (laughs) my guess is actually it's because it's uh it's got about four fewer scenes. Yeah, it's, Uh, it's,
1: yeah, a shorter ride. You move through it quicker. Not because of speed, but because of, like, just, it just has less to do.
0: You know, if they really wanted Ariel's Undersea Adventure to have a higher capacity, they could just simply add a scene where Ursula the Sea Witch is killed instead of putting it in a a, a very small corner of the finale.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They could do a full-length rendition of under the sea in the middle of the you just you just ride through like literally the entire song under the sea in you the middle just of listen the to the
0: whole song instead of just that one minute loop that it, you get in it the existing could, scene
1: it could just be the whole 90 minute movie
0: oh my you're god on it could just be the whole mover. 90 minute movie yeah Oh, my God. Now you're talking ultimate <laughs> capacity.
1: Wait, this, is a 90 this minute one ride. is not
0: free. This one's not free. You have to pay us for this one. It's The Lion King, but it's the whole 90-minute movie presented in Omnimover vignettes.
1: I mean, I don't see where you can go wrong.
0: <laughs> it takes 90 minutes. All right, Alice, we're going to bump this uh, capacity even higher. You are on a boat for 90 minutes. Oh, my goodness. You're sitting four deep.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. There
0: are drops... And stops, and it backs all the way up to the Wildebeest Stampede, so you actually have to bump into other boats very slowly as you wait. And even
1: though it stops, uh, (laughs) it's still an Omnimover, somehow.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know what? I love it. Uh, we just created the
1: highest capacity ride.
0: (laughs) We've just created the highest capacity ride, and you know what? If the entire theme park were just one 90-minute Omnimover, (laughs) I could see it working. Yeah. You know what? I would pay $150 for that. Would you? No. Uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, Alice, it sounds like our conversation about the Omnimover and our praise of it uh, has come to an end. But the conversation does continue online.
1: Of course it continues online. Where else would we be?
0: Social media is the Omnimover of the Internet. And we have our Omnimover doom buggies uh selected for social media
1: yes Uh, we we never get off
0: (laughs) my twitter doom buggy is buddy underscore duquesne duquesne is spelled d-u-q-u-e-s-n-e
1: and i have a couple of doom buggies on on twitter and on instagram and on tiktok all all under the same handle uh alice white thp for those happy places
0: And if you really liked this episode and you want to support us monetarily, you could always pop over to the Patreon.
1: That's right. We do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash those happy places has recently received a massive facelift and is better than ever. There are only two tiers to choose from, a basic $1 support tier and a uh, super thank you $5 support tier. But whatever tier you join us on, you will receive all the bonus episodes and bonus features that we have on our patreon patreon.com slash those happy places
0: alice i'm thinking about a new piece of bonus content i think i'm going to read out uh, kind of like audiobook style uh the entirety of the omni mover uh patent
1: oh really the whole yeah. thing
0: yeah it's it's really good there's there's several sections here uh it would make it would make like perfect meditation material yeah, it could be like article five
1: you do have a really nice voice for that and then you can accompany it with pictures oh there you go
0: you know alice i think i'm going to add some music to this episode
1: and where would you have gotten that music from
0: all of our music comes from incompetech.com incompetech.com is run by kevin mcleod who has put many many tracks that you have heard before uh on the website for free for creative people to use under a creative commons 4.0 attribution license You can see all of the information about that license for each of the tracks we've used in the show notes. Yes,
1: thank you so much, Kevin, for the music and the endless hours of entertainment we get from picking out the music. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of music, I hear a new track coming in right now.
0: Is that... Is that Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin?
1: It sure is. And if you like this track and you want to hear more from the Feet Warmers, you can hear it at their website, the CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. Thank you so much to the Feet Warmers for the use of this song as our intro and outro of the program.
0: Yeah, there is no song in the universe I would rather have. It sets the mood for both the beginning and the end of the episodes perfectly. It always has. And I hope it always will. Alice, thank you for doing this episode with me.
1: Buddy, despite the technical difficulties and how difficult this week has been for both of us, I'm really glad that we found the time to sit down and talk about one of our favorite things, the Omnimover, and how much we love it. And to talk about theme parks with you is one of the great joys of my life.
0: Yeah, it has been a really tough time making this episode. We've had to make it uh, three times now by my count. (laughs) Uh, I hope that listeners uh, still found it to be intriguing and a good experience to listen to because... Uh, I think I'll always be thinking back to the first time that we said these things out loud and being like, "Oh, they, that's when we were truly smart." Um,
1: <laughs> I hope we, I-, I hope we managed to capture some of that, and um, and honestly, I think we did, and I think we even expanded on it. I think this yeah. was our best version yet.
0: Yeah, and I love that we got critical about the Omnimover, because as much as I love to praise the Omnimover and think it's a a great ride system, uh, it's clear that it is not ideal in all circumstances and should be used with uh, very specific purposes in mind. So I've learned a lot from this episode, and uh, I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Uh, Alice, you are my best friend. And you are my favorite co-host.
1: You're my best friend and my favorite co-host. That's (laughs) crazy.
0: (laughs) Uh, And to everyone out there, thank you for listening. And I hope you return to Those Happy Places.